Uh, yep. So this is Lads of Press Creatives. <laughs> I'm the host, Josh <laughs> slash Ravilla slash Booty slash Booty slash Future Nostalgia. Uh, today we're talking to Marv, aka Merv Gotti. I'm Marv. I'm doing this podcast lying down because I'm incapable of getting up. This is the true sad boy podcast right here. <laughs> so what are we talking about today? Burnout? Yeah, probably. But uh, first, why don't, you, why don't you tell everybody <laughs> what you do, who you are? Um, my main <clears throat> job is a mosh conductor where I get up on stage and I conduct a mosh. And my side job is a grant writer for Trifecta. But seriously, I sing in a hip-hop boy band called Samurai Champs, and I'm artistic director of Trifecta, which basically just means grant writer. And you sound so happy to do it. (laughs) Just so everybody knows, this is not a grammable moment. I'm half naked on my bed. No, he's lying. He's fully naked (laughs) on his bed right now. (laughs) Just so you get the full picture. You're getting a real candid conversation of yeah. less depressed creatives, but I'm depressed. This is this is what it is. This is this is who we are. So like this is this is episode wow, this will be like the fifth or sixth episode or something like that, but this will probably be the most raw because me and Marv are probably too comfortable with each other and too comfortable with each other's burnout right now. So I ask I asked Baby this in a in an earlier recording, but I'm curious to see what you say. Um, what do your parents do, and how has that affected your creative practice? Uh, okay, I don't even remember Baby's answer. Uh, what do my parents do? Well, I think their actual thing that they would write down on an immigration card is professor, <laughs> but. I've always thought of them more as researchers. Mm. This is like this weird distinction in like in uh, Chinese academia, you have like teaching profs and you have research profs because they're at least like to me, they seem like very different sides of the mind. Oh yeah. Except that in North America, profs are meant to do both. And I don't, I don't know, that usually ends up like there's some shitty researchers and even shittier teachers. <laughs> but our parents have always just focused on like the research side mainly and then I think that kind of influenced me and baby by the way baby is also a third time not John (laughs) not John (laughs) yeah who the fuck is John we I would say as artists me and baby both take almost more research oriented approaches to our creative process maybe more so than like other artists that say just wait for inspiration or wait for inspiration to strike. We're almost constantly trying to like research inspiration or like find new methods to make the next thing we want to make. Does that make sense? Sense? Yes. Yes, it does. It can be, there's no objective answers here. Oh, (laughs) well, yeah. Our parents are profs, research profs. So that makes us research artists. Research artists. Not in the way that actually means, but yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> what is your, what's, what's a day-to-day 
Life of Marv experience. <laughs> uh, okay, do you want like at home or on tour? Okay, so we have the dis- distinction. So we have some like at home stuff. Well, okay, uh, at home, it's pretty boring. Tour life is pretty exciting. So I try to keep my regular life pretty as much boring as possible. Just wake up, be depressed, <laughs> try to wake up not get out of bed, try to wake up, shower, go back to bed, and then go to the gym. And then go back to bed if it's a really terrible day, but then if not, then answer emails, uh, try to write a song, try to work on a grant, and then go to bed. Now on tour, this completely flips, where you have to get up, you have to figure out your schedule for the day, which usually revolves around like the conference festival stuff. Try to set up your meetings, meet as many like artists, industry as you can, be on the whole time. Try to make people like you, even though you don't even like yourself. Play a show, hope that people like the show, and then hope that they come up and talk to you. Try to make them like you even more, and then party all night to try to get them to like you so they can work with you later. Then go to bed, finally turn off for like three hours, and then wake up, and then rinse and repeat that's that's life (laughs) that's super yeah um it's funny when you put it that way (laughs) it doesn't sound that exciting (laughs) (laughs) it's like the one the one part of our job that like people people think is the exciting part like the actual playing was literally one line out of 12 yeah i mean when we talk about it's super realistically it's like man there's so much email so much grant writing, so much networking. But for the 30 minutes that you get to play your set, it's worth it every time. Because that's like the one moment where you're not thinking like, oh, deadline, or wait, I have to do this thing. You're just there. And how many times in life are you just like there? I'm going to sound like such a stoner on this podcast. It's the burnout, man. I mean, if you're just listing your schedule, like, at home, like, you almost undersold how much work needs to get done while you're at home. Just because, like, half of the time it does feel like you're kind of lying in bed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, I guess if you want, like, an hourly thing, (laughs) I definitely spend more than 55 hours a week on email and grant writing. While I'm at home for a 30 minute set at a festival. I don't know. What else do you want me to say? Nothing. It's just <laughs> like, it's so funny when we just like outline it the way it is. It's, it's bleak, man. It's bleak. If any of you guys watch like Straight Out of Compton or Atlanta or Empire, those are the ideals. That is at some point what everybody strives to be, but most of the time. That's that's like that's like a yeah that's like that's like a really romanticized fictional way of looking at like how being an artist is like yeah there's there's fun parts and there's moments of serendipity and but honestly most of it is just like self regulated work and I hope I'm not dissuading people from being an artist right now even if you are I think that's like a fair thing to to put out in the world as bad as it sounds okay this because like this is coming from two people who are actually still attempting to do this um attempting to do this i am i am doing okay, this you're i've doing been this. doing it you've been doing 
I'm attempting to do this. It's still something where you're like, God damn, like, why? You're like half the time you're thinking just like, why am I still doing this? The, the why. Okay. So there's, um, one of, one of Toronto's most influential female DJs right now. I mean, not even just like female DJs, DJs period is, uh, JMKM. Like we, like we know her by her actual name, Josephine, but she put it the best way I've heard anybody put it. Cause she's been through the whole, I guess, regular life kind of thing already. She was, she's originally from Calgary, was previously married. And she said this on like her own podcast too. Like, re, like before she was married, had a corporate job, et cetera. And then was somehow looking for something else. And then started writing, started DJing. And now in Toronto, like she makes a pretty good living for herself. But she says all the time, like you have to be almost a really specific kind of crazy. And I don't even know if it's crazy. Maybe you just need to be a very specific kind of person to want this kind of life. Because if you don't, that's totally fine, too. Like, I'm not, there's, there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with having a normal life. No, like having, your, having a 9 to 5 or an 8 to 4 or whatever, and then on the weekends, like, you just want to chill and mow your lawn. There's literally nothing wrong with that. And she always says that there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, for some reason... It's not like this is something you want to do. It's more so framed as like, you don't know how else to exist. Like you mowing that long lawn and sitting in your nine to five may actually kill you if you're this specific kind of crazy that needs to pursue like a creative career. Do you feel that? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. It's like, I, that's why I stress it. Like it's, it's fun for a lot of people to kind of dabble and like, yeah, like if you want to try some artistic things, Go for it. If you want to make a living at it, like, I feel like it's, like, for very few people. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, even, I don't know. We were just in Toronto, like, a week ago. And then seeing her day-to-day was, if anything, like, it makes us look like a frozen bag of peas. Like, quite weak. I mean, like, you know, she had three DJ gigs in one day. And that also entails, like, you have to hold in your pee because you can't leave the DJ table when everybody's having a good time. You have no time to eat. So like in between Ubering to each gig, trying to get your vegetables in by drinking this like cold press green juice that has like three days worth of vegetables. That's the kind of thing you have to do. I don't know. What's the most ridiculous thing you've had to do like to sustain this thing? Like you just had so much going on. I guess like, did you have to do anything ridiculous when you were just in Europe? Um, well, that's a, that's a difficult question to answer. <laughs> I don't think there is like, I mean, like really, well, like it's just like when your body starts breaking down, right? Like when we were in the Netherlands and I was literally just like waking up just to go film things. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went right back to bed cause it's just like, you just have to kind of do it. It's like, I wouldn't have like it, that, that for me obviously was not fun. But it's like, I don't see myself doing something else in that moment, you know? (laughs) That's a recent example. But it's like, okay, one of the reasons that, like, I guess it's good that we're able to talk is that we're... (laughs) And we talked about this in an old podcast that we never really continued on with. We recorded two episodes. Yeah, because Gary V left us hang. He left us hang. But we're not going to be bitter about that. I am. They left us hanging. 
Um, but we kind of talked about Buzz. Like we're both doing grad school, right? Right. I forgot. Oh, the reality just set in. Yeah, we are. <laughs> so on top of being a grant writer for Trifecta, what else do you do school-wise? School-wise, uh, try to do some research, which basically just means Googling all the time, trying to write down your ideas and hopefully turn it into something that I guess people will not just want to read, but hopefully like cite, apply to their own thinking, their own research to maybe like help their own process. Yeah, I guess essentially like that's one thing I still feel like in the art world is so that's a missing piece. Still so many people, especially, you know, that just do everyday things are still bought into the whole myth that there's like an overnight success. This thing just happened by chance, by luck. This person was so talented and just discovered amazingly. But a lot of that is probably just because of inaccurate documentation. When you really look back at any example, like there's not a lot of, I guess, academic papers to explain the actual process to pursue a nonlinear career. There's more surfacing now, but then because, you know, we will literally spin a story just to make our story of how this band came up or how this film got premiered in this theater to make it sound so much more interesting and fantastical. That's not how it actually happened. There's very specific steps, like same thing, how to get into med school, how to get into law school, get like an apprenticeship with something. I just wish that was like documented more so people would have a more realistic grasp of how to be an artist, at least like in our day, I guess. And it's tough for that as well too, because when we're talking about academic, like peer reviewed writing, where like it has to go through a review process, you know, that can take a while at points. And I, I mean, I haven't looked a ton at it, but I don't think there's like a ton of journals focused on, you know, creative entrepreneurship. Yeah. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're starting to surface now because this is becoming more of a thing. Like I would, I don't know the amount of the amount of like digital nomad, whatever type jobs is yeah. always like popping up. But then you have this whole another slew of problems, I guess, like, you know, the, why, why is this called depressed? What is this? Depressed creatives? Less depressed. <laughs> Damn it. We're trying to be less. <laughs> so we were just in, um, like my band was just in Seattle playing this festival called Upstream. And one really cool thing about Upstream, it's a more commercial festival. So like the Flaming Lips, Miguel played, but they had a summit, which was kind of a lighter version of a conference component to educate people about the realities of pursuing a artistic career. So then they got a few speakers from around like the Washington area, like artists that are pretty big now that people may know, like um, like Sango from Selection or uh, the electronic duo Odessa, if you know him. And the Odessa dudes actually had like a really good explanation about this too. He's like, we're as, as like a, a, a quote unquote EDM group they have like a pretty crazy touring schedule and touring in those early days really taught them about like I guess self-care how you have to pay more attention to it because if you just let yourself go the partying is part of the work the writing is part of the work all the organizations part of the work you could just work all the time that if you don't set your own boundaries you never get rest and you will start to break down 
Whereas in like a regular, more conventional lifestyle, like your nine to five takes care of your rest because then from five to nine, your rest is already regimented into your schedule. Like your weekend is already regimented with rest. And if you do need to take a day off, you know, you do have sick days or whatever um, to kind of make up for that even, right? Yeah, that that too. Like say if um, Josephine, like Jam Cam actually just like posted a thing about that today, Mm. that there isn't really a sick day for our line of work. Like you can have a, a sick day in a regular context still get paid, but you just like call in, you might need to catch up on something. But as a performer, you can't really call in sick, especially like at the emerging level, especially when there's certain things like how many months of planning went into the, just, just the delivery of that one day, that one performance, and how many people made commitments to come see you perform too. It's almost like you're a wedding planner, like your show is a wedding that happens more than once. And I know people get married more than once, but this is like, <laughs> more than a hundred times and you're the beautiful bride yeah (laughs) you know what i mean though like have you seen like you know the whole bridezilla thing when (laughs) of course of course of course this person is freaking the fuck out because literally all this months of planning this like months of emotional planning Mm -hmm. into one day and then how many times do you go through that in life like rarely does that happen Unless you're really used to like you're an event planner or you're a performer, so many exactly. of these things go into one day, then you're used to it. Yeah, but you can't just take those days off. Yeah, it's like I don't know. Would you call in sick to your wedding? It's nice because at this point, if I actually was a bride, I think wedding planning would be chill. Because like, man, if I can plan tours and festivals and whatever and play shows, a wedding's probably kind. It's probably well. A there's lot. there's the backup plan. What's the backup plan? wedding planning oh <laughs> yeah i guess that's 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 ultimately the demise if you wanted to be like an event planner or a festival coordinator you know you failed if you ended up being a wedding planner maybe you just make some like super chill weddings where it's like basically a festival that'd be pretty cool you could sell that shit what instead of the traditional like vietnamese wedding bottle of henny on every table we just have like just one bands. bag of molly on every table and bands playing <laughs> Uh, so you might have noticed we're both a little loopy at this point and it's not cause we're on anything. It's, it's cause we're both kind of burnt. Yeah. I guess this should just be a note. Like I literally just left in like, we basically, we basically just came home from a quote unquote world tour and Josh just, how many, how many days were you gone or on the road? I was gone f- for a month and a half ish. Yeah. So this is. So like a 45, a 45 ish day tour for, and that was like your first one, right? Yeah. 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 So that. I mean, there was breaks. Yeah. Was... Yeah. Quote unquote breaks. <laughs> so you're getting like the burnt result now. What's the next question? How long, how long have you been going for? Cause you, you just like mentioned now, like, uh, uh Odessa is talking about self care. Uh huh. And making sure, you know, you take breaks and stuff. How long have you been going for here? Um, when was the last two-month break you had? Oh. <laughs> that's, that's a shitty question. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, the, a two-month break? That, 
might... Like what was, what's been the longest break you've had in the last year? Um, Probably... Like an actual break. Like no email, nothing. Sure. Probably 13, 13 days, Okay. I think, was the biggest gap. And that was like very deliberate so yeah. I could catch up on, I guess, just like mental capacity to do more work, I guess. I guess this has been the most burnt out probably because like every creative entrepreneur, I guess like entrepreneur in general, like the biggest new move you can do is take on too much, which everybody basically does. And we've basically been going since mid-February, I guess, just like applying to everything. And then all the time changes with, you know, Estonia isn't exactly the next province over. But going, going, honestly, I think since the, the first festival in 2014. So that was, four, yeah, four years ago. Four years ago. <laughs> So, I, yeah, I, I may not have had a proper break for four years, I think. And it's weird because, like, I, I threw out two months as, like, like a fairly arbitrary number. And, like, people are probably like, that's more than I get at my job, like, my nine-to-five job. Um, but it's, like, I think people have a hard time understanding that, like, these are sprints that we usually do. Like, the days off are, are kind of different than normal days off yeah i guess that was also the rough thing like say everyone okay everyone understands or most people understand the example of university or school then even in that you know if you're if you don't have assignments then you have time off basically if you're not taking summer classes then you have time off and then i remember that too like the the rest was basically regimented if i wasn't working on school then at least in the summer months i just like worked skateboarded, rested for the semester to start again. So then I remember, you know, you'd always take summer trips or something. But then as soon as we started doing this kind of stuff, summer months are usually when people want to go to shows or play festivals or make their own festival. So since then, there hasn't really been like a gap. You have to, you have to almost pencil in your time that you want off. And you have to actively say no. And that's always like a hard thing for everybody in North America, I think. I, th- I, th- I think especially for Canadians and Saskatchewan in particular, because everyone, like we grow up in a culture of people pleasing. And then so you keep getting asked like, hey, do you want to play this show? Can you help on this show? Can you help on this fundraiser? And most people will always say yes, because they're people pleasers. And that's not a bad thing. That's just like how we grow up. But it is a thing to train yourself to say like, no. I guess. Yeah. I mean, we're about to say no to this festival in Singapore. Like, it's the dumbest thing, but it's just maybe that's us getting better at saying no. It's getting... Yeah, I think uh, for those who don't know, like, Samurai Champs, the boy band that Marv's in, has been touring pretty fucking extensively for the last year. Um, And having that people-pleasing attitude has, like, probably led you to take on some, like, shows that, like, if you'd planned it out like a little bit more, like further in advance, like you probably wouldn't have taken on. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's the hard thing too, because say at least, say if you're trying to get into to med school, you know there's like certain classes you need to take. You can find a friend 
maybe, or a mentor to train for that interview. But with this, so the like so much of it is talent. You can't be not talented. Like you can work really hard but still be shitty. But you also need to be hardworking too, because then you could be the most talented, but then zero times a million is still zero. But then the other component of that actually is some sort of luck. People almost overemphasize the talent and luck part, but the luck is getting in to a festival. So then at our level, we need to basically just apply to every festival we can and then think like, oh, if we're unlucky, we don't get into anything. If we're kind of lucky, we get into some. But in our case, for some reason, we got into all of the ones that we applied for. And we always plan for in case we don't get into anything because me and Savan, we consider ourselves pretty unlucky people, I guess, generally. Then we plan our own local stuff, like a concert series that like us and our collective run. But then end up, we got into everything. And then we also had to deal with the concert series back home and a whole bunch of local shows. And then it just ended up being too much. So that was just like luck or bad luck, but also kind of like learning, I guess. I don't know. That's I guess that's happened to you too. This last thing it was just like too much. Cause yeah, it's like because yeah, I guess it's we come from a culture where maximizing is the best thing. Yeah, like you, yeah, you could say like we're in a very maximalist culture. Yeah, or at least yeah, individually, it seems like that's our tendency. Um, and with that, like it's just like once you find those boundaries, though, it's like you really have to take into account. Okay, this is the we're approaching whatever boundaries we have, like whatever happens next needs to fit within those constraints. Yeah. Yeah. And that you just learn as you go along, I guess. <laughs> it's just shitty. Cause the one, the one shitty thing is especially here. There's not a lot of examples to go off of. Like if you were in, if you were anywhere else, like, uh, Toronto, Vancouver, somewhere with more of a music market and not even, a, not even like music industry, specifically i guess i guess people that are doing more non-linear careers pursuing more non-linear careers then you'd have someone to ask like hey how should i space on my work week how should i pencil in rest but then in saskatchewan it's really different whereas since that's not so much of a commonplace kind of thing to pursue a non-linear career even if you wanted to ask these questions you don't really have much to go off of you have maybe like a few but they're usually doing successful entrepreneurial uh, pursuits locally and they don't really focus on things that relate to export or you just listen to a whole bunch of podcasts about these people that are somewhere else doing these things that you want to do and you just try to learn from them but they might as well be like a fantasy character because it's like through the internet but that's all but that's also like the reason the internet exists is so we can connect with those people yeah but you know how often do these people actually reply though like sometimes they do but the reason they're there is because they know not to reply to every email. Yeah, that's true. They, they've found, like, their boundaries uh -huh. with that kind of thing. Um, yeah. So, I mean, what we do is, like, kind of weird and messed up. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know. I guess unless you're, you, you can say you really want to do it, but I don't think you can actually know if the thing that life or whatever it is is for you until you actually do it and get pushed to your limit and because that's totally fine too there's so many i don't know like uh 
um what what was his name from the dead south Coulter? Coulter, yeah 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 i guess that would be an example of like the they're one of the heaviest touring bands from saskatchewan the last however many years and he just had to drop off just because of health reasons like it just toured too much like it takes a toll on you but then would you know that unless you went that far on the touring scheme like i don't i don't know you can't really predict that stuff and that's like i guess that's like kind of a bigger theme for for us right now it's like understanding limitations and like still like building something within those right yeah (laughs) yeah i'm still thinking of the fact like oh i'm on my back doing this thing (laughs) we obviously do not know the limitations right now well, I think we passed them. We just have not recognized where that was. Yeah. For healthy living. Because it seems like, and like we do, or I've started back up to like be living a little bit more of a healthy lifestyle. Because before it was just like, this is like too much. Like, especially when I was like full on doing like most grad school stuff and then trying to transition over to doing more music. Mm-hmm. It was just like, this is, I don't know where the boundaries are of what I'm doing. Um, and then I stopped like taking care of my body as much, you know, and not sleeping as well. But like, you don't know like how to actually like, and the thing is that, like, so I have like, I have a psychology background and like, there are things that I know I should do and it's still hard to do those things. Like we talked about like knowing that you should be taking breaks, but it's still hard to take those breaks. Yeah. It, it comes so much more naturally to some people though. I guess that's, that's also the tough part is like, how well do you know yourself? Cause some people think they work really hard, but really are just like lazy as fuck. And then <laughs> I'm not, I'm not talking about anybody in particular, I didn't say you were. <laughs> but then also there's some people that work really hard, but in the end, they just don't know how to rest. And, and I'm not saying like one is better than the other. It's just a lack of awareness because they both hurt other people. Like they both hurt the self and they both hurt other people. Like, you know, one person that thinks they're really hardworking kind of shits on the whole band because then the whole band is picking up the slack but then on the other side one person can work themselves to death and then the band's dragging around this dead body everywhere they go so it's it's really just like an awareness thing i guess um normally i've been going into like specific examples examples (laughs) you want to hear an example (laughs) i i am so ready to hear all your examples that you're willing to share here okay I guess I'm a controversial person anyway. You need to edit that part out. That you're controversial? You, you need That's to edit so this, obvious. You need to edit this whole segment out. Uh, I guess not even of that, but like just an example of like where shit went wrong and then you're able to kind of turn that around yeah. in some kind of way. Okay. I guess... Like a very... Like what was like one of your darkest moments as a performer and like how did you get out of there? You, you want a personal example? Yeah. A, oh... It's getting real deep. Okay. An example was probably last year. Last year, I was still in, in um, my grad courses. I'm done all my grad courses now, and I'm just working on the thesis. But at that time, I was finishing my last grad course, which is like any 
buddy knows, I guess, like, school just sucks. <laughs> at the same time as running a concert series that we do, at the same time as planning our first international tour, and was, like, a, a pretty big deal to us because it was, like, our first three... Our first two festivals ever in the UK, I guess, as well as Lo, like another artist from our collective, her first festival in the UK as well, and our first festival in the Netherlands. So like a lot of the stuff at the same time. And then to do it, just all of it, all at once, I wish I knew back then, like to take proper breaks, to pace out the breaks, as well as pace out the work. Because then in the end, Everything was fine. Like I got the grad course done. Everything was fine. But then in the end, I still remember there was one really dark week. Um, literally just slept in my studio, did not open the door, did not open the window, just complete darkness the whole time. It was like that. I don't know if anyone's seen that movie, The Aviator, with that crazy guy that makes the planes and just gets uh, jugs of milk and doesn't want to go to the washroom because he doesn't want to leave the room, so he just pisses in the milk jar and just leaves it outside his door. It was borderline on that, except instead I was peeing and kombucha bottles just because they were usable. <laughs> okay, you want a dark example? And then after after the tour, everything was, like, fine. Professionally, it was, like, a really, really good, good op for, like, a band of our size, especially in the UK. But then coming back was just so burnt out, and with with a lot of these festivals, like in addition to the grant, you have to report. Like basically, you're a Canadian music export, and you need to report. Like, oh, what what kind of things did we do to help? Like, I don't know, music market trade between UK and Canada. And I I tried to I I wanted to say I'm just gonna get these reports done as soon as I get home, and just keep working, and then take a break after. But I ended up just, just dicking around for three weeks, just trying to like chip away at these things, not really doing anything, like half almost going back into pee in a bottle mode until I finally just took like that was that was like that 13 day break, a break just to drive um, through the mountains and like camp, like restful things, um, put beer in Palm Bay in a thermos and float down a river in a tube. <laughs> these are actual human experiences that actually help recovery not just trying to overwork yourself and then once I got home from that then I got I think all the reports done in like 12 days so if I knew if I knew then what I know now I would have just gotten home not plan to work more just take that time off and then just get the work done after the rest efficiently because a rested body can do work more efficiently instead of just wasting, I guess, those initial days trying to work. There's like a difference between working and trying to work, I guess. Is that a good enough example? It's a very good example. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. Do you want an opposite example? What's the, what do you mean an opposite example? Uh, I guess like in the, in the, the book, um, The Power of Two by mm. Wolf Schenk. Yeah. He always talks about like the... Any kind of like great creative accomplishment isn't done by a lone genius, and we like to think that it's done by a lone genius, like Steve Jobs or, or uh, I don't know, who's another one, Van Gogh. I don't know these genius types supposedly. Yeah. But the book talks about they're not lone geniuses. None of this could have been done without their creative pair. So like without Steve 
Wozniak doing all the actual hardware and programming. Steve Jobs was just like, you know, the creative mind, the face, the driver. And then in these examples, like they would say, Steve Wozniak is the container and then Steve Jobs is the liquid. Liquid and container. Same thing with like Van Gogh. He was a liquid, right? He's like this crazy fucking dude that sees in yellow all the time. But the one that was actually getting his paintings into galleries and doing all the, you know, management work was his brother, Theodore. Nobody ever gives any credit to Theodore when there's like literal letters of Van Gogh saying like, at, at one point when they had this fight, I can't do anything without my little brother. Like, I, I'm, I'm not even a good artist without him. So many, so many of these examples, I don't know why people like still don't get it. And this still happens in bands, like every band I've been in, there's always this liquid and container type thing. So then I would be, at least in this context, an example of the container. So the container usually overworks themselves to doom, but the project would not go without it. Now the liquid, the project would not go without it in the, I guess like more traditional artist way like they're usually the ones that spike like spark the inspiration have the the charisma go with like all the all the flowy kind of things these are the ones that you know the ones that you remember most of the time but then the problem with this is they're usually the ones that they think they're working a lot harder than they actually are that since they're so flowy if they don't want to work then they're just like not working so an example of this would be they have this idea that the idea is enough like you hear this saying all the time, like, oh, I'm, I'm the ideas guy. I'm the ideas person. I'm the ideas man. But there's so many ideas everywhere. There's no shortage of good photos and there's no shortage of good songs. There's no shortage of good ideas. And most of the time, it's someone else that actually implements that idea. And then so that's one thing that I see like really consistently throughout, I guess, witnessing like a lot of bands or creative projects or whatever. There's usually one that can be considered like a genius, like a, an amazingly talented person. But then in the end, since they don't actually implement a lot of the things that they say that they're going to do, yeah, maybe that, that person makes like an amazing song that makes the band blow up. But to get to that point to blow up, that person didn't really even do that much, I guess. Outside of the context of that song. Yeah, or just like the initial idea, I guess, mainly. When you ask them to even just simple things like pick something up or like answer something, get you a list, like an actual deliverable task, the deliverable tasks won't be done, but the ideas are usually great. Um, you can probably like witness you, meaning the listener, can probably witness this now is that's a really big thing. Um, like a big indicator of burnout is like irritability, negative thoughts. You can probably tell like both me and Josh maybe being more negative than typical. There's there's one one artist that was also speaking at Upstream Festival in Seattle that we were at named Sassy Black. She makes like pretty cool like electronic funk soul kind of stuff. And then she gave a really good, I guess, description of her burnout processes. I know I'm burned out when someone walks in front of me and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing walking in front of me? And it's like, man, that was weird. People walk in front of people all the time. I must be burned out if I'm this irritable and this negative. I'm cussing people out for walking in front of me. <laughs> so I guess that's like usually a sign. Yeah. Like, like I don't know. What's when? <clears throat> when do you know you're burned out? It's like pretty similar, where it's just like I don't. I stop caring about like what other people 
have going on, uh-huh. like whatever's going on around me. Uh-huh. You know, like it just kind of becomes this like internal thing, which is like, woof. You're just like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's right? almost like There's the like body a, knows. Yeah, yeah. It and needs to go into like safety mode, selfish mode, because it needs to give itself something. Something to rest. It's just like, yeah, like it's just so hard to find that spot, especially when we're taught to always like be going for more, you know? Uh huh. And like, yeah, like self care is becoming more of a topic of discussion and like more of like a prevalent thing. But then you see examples of like the other people around you and you're just like, well, you're like, oh, well, they're still, they're still going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's just they they take a little bit, like I said, I think it's more of the choices, like the selection of what it is that they're doing, like, mm-hmm. because we don't see all of the day to day, right? Mm-hmm. And so we don't know what they've been offered in terms of, you know, gigs that they're playing, whatever. Um, but it's knowing that, like, you have to pick your battles, you have this certain bandwidth, like once you have, once you understand where that is then at least like it's the things that like are important you're just gonna go harder on those than anybody else you know and like our whole industry is built off the perception of what you are so like you still don't know we still you still don't know yeah 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 no the perception is like a big a big part until it gets to that point where it's like part of the whole story like you've already made it yeah that's the thing is once you're like at a certain level you can be like oh yeah like i went through all this shit blah 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 like yeah it becomes part of the story but like now if we're saying this it's like it it's gonna come off as like oh they're just fucking sad (laughs) (laughs) but like it's okay being that right because it's like this is the intermediary step Uh uh-huh yeah this part's like the learning yeah i guess so hopefully we can come back in whatever, six months, a year, two years, three years. And be like, remember when we were just like so burnt out and just like yelling at each other on a podcast? I guess. Okay. So what do you, what do you see as the way out? The way out? Yeah. Honestly, which this should, this, this can basically be summed up in a song name as well as the potential like name of this episode. Just let me be sad. Like, literally, the way out, sometimes you just need to let it bleed out. Like, there's things that you should do, obviously, like, work out, get sunlight, try to breathe or meditate if you can, do, like, active rest things. So, like, um, yoga's good, getting massage. Like, if you have a girlfriend, which Josh doesn't, you should get a massage. Like, that's always a nice thing. Release the endorphins. Yeah. Any, yeah, any of that stuff. But if none of those things go, like if you just can't, you just cannot go to the gym or you just can't get a massage or you can't go to yoga or you can't like down a thing of water. No, you should still do water regardless. You might just actually need to be sad. Like just let and, yourself be sad. And the thing is, it's okay to be sad, but st- and still <clears throat> do those things. Like, so like I've been at that point where it's just like I didn't fucking do shit. Like there's a couple of times like in the past couple of years where I like have been like severely depressed and like you you literally are just like so fucking sad and you don't want to do shit. But then once you start like even though you're you recognize that you're sad, but you still, you know, like you still make your bed and take a cold shower and then go for a run or do a workout. Like those 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 three things are not reliant on you 
not being sad. Yeah. It's like just getting past the point of like, I'm sad. Okay. I'm still going to do these things. Right. Yeah. Like the active rest things, like they still have to be, you still have to like, just at some point you have to like get it within yourself to just like do it. Even if you're sad. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that, those are usually like the first steps to recovery. Like literally they're just regular human things that you should be doing. Not looking at these nightmare rectangles by nightmare rectangle. I mean like a MacBook nonstop. (laughs) Cause that's not natural. But if you can't even get to that step, it's usually just like lie in bed, let yourself be sad until like either you get to a point that you're like, Oh, I should do something. Or you acknowledge that you're sad. Just like, Oh, maybe I'm just sad. I should just be sad. And then you take your cold shower, but you cry in the shower and then you ball while you're doing your deadlift, you go to yoga and then at least people can't see you crying because you're sweating. And then the stuff is, fine you can still do it sad and eventually you get less sad yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah the sadness is like that's a perception right like that's that's still you perceiving something and so it either fades or some shit over time like it's just not the same feeling of sadness or it's like it's not as acute <clears throat> it's not as like draining on your soul yeah i guess you can't really fight it like it's just a necessary I don't know why people give so much shit to being sad. It's just like a necessary thing that humans are supposed to feel. Like the sensation of taking a shit is just something you have to do. <laughs> yeah, it's a natural emotion. Yeah. yeah, and even us even just being able to do this podcast means we're not that far deep in a hole. Like we, At least we could still get out of bed to do this. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, techni- well, I'm technically, technically still in, in bed, but I'm still doing this. Yeah, because, yeah, like, even, like, a few weeks ago, I probably wouldn't have been in the stage to, like, do this. But now, it's like, I got over the, like, that acute sadness, and now we're just sad and irritable. And it'll eventually get better. Yeah. I guess the other thing, maybe, in school or a job, you have a light at the end of the tunnel. Like, you can look forward to end of semester or last final or Friday or whatever it is. That's one thing that I think we all need to start doing is start actually scheduling lights at ends of tunnels. Yeah, like have like concrete goals. Yeah. Instead of just let's make it. Like, yeah, (laughs) have a concrete goal, a concrete endpoint. Yeah. I'm not saying an endpoint forever. I mean an endpoint so you can take a break. At least like, yeah, and take the the time to celebrate it. Yeah, because otherwise you will just keep working and you will just like feel like shit. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, I think that's a big thing that we're going to talk about in a later meeting anyways. <laughs> but very much key to us being a little less depressed. <laughs> okay, I think, yeah, we're going we're gonna to end this off pretty soon. Because like, I feel like that's like at least like a somewhat positive. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty, pretty positive, positive. Like for us, for us right now, that's like, that's pretty fucking positive. Yeah. I'm happy with that. Okay. Uh, so just a few like lighter questions to end this. What's the best thing that you bought for yourself that was under a hundred bucks? Oh, Tim Ferriss. When, when did you get here? Uh, the best thing? Yeah. This is a stupid one. Honestly, uh, a splitter for a lightning cable. Hmm. 
Because I just think of all the things that stress you out are probably the things that go wrong with your life every day or like more than one time a day. It's the most annoying thing that Apple removed their stupid headphone jack and you can't charge your phone and listen to music at the same time. Or if you don't have a new car and it doesn't have Bluetooth or if you don't have Bluetooth headsets or headphones or whatever, then I find myself so less stressed because I wouldn't have to listen to music and then wait, I can't listen to music and I can't talk on the phone and charge my phone at the same time. So now my phone's dead. Literally just like, just, it just makes life easier, I guess. If something's causing you stress every day, you should probably just get something to fix it. I think that's what I learned from that. Oh, my stomach. Um, oh, my stomach. That's, that's a good answer. Um, what's the best gift you've given to somebody? Myself? I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, if, do you mean like if it's really specific? I think any like material gift that I've given baby or Savan has always been like nice. I guess this is one I hate gift cards. Or I don't hate gift cards. I like gift cards. But I hate the idea of gift cards, especially between like intimate people. Right. Because it's like, oh, you kind of know me, but you don't really know me. You know, like if you want like a, a, a wavy answer, I think the best gift, I think, is like that was one thing that made Trifecta worth it to me was when people would say like, oh, that was my first show that I played. Or like, oh, that was the first time I've seen a punk band or like my first time I've been to a hip hop show, I guess. So like the gift of experiences. Yeah, no, like making, making them feel that like what they're doing is worth it. Yeah, I guess. Cause I know full well, like that's the kind of thing that you would remember. Cause that's the stuff I remember, you know, being given an experience, like someone giving me my first show, I guess that's probably more meaningful than buying Savannah chain. That just seems like a very specific example. Like, yeah, because that <laughs> happened. <laughs> I can see he's like, oh, yeah, thanks, bro. Sorry, I just had that image of, in my head <laughs> of Savannah being like. <laughs> yeah, that, that's something that would be very friendly to put into whatever TV show gets made of us in like 20 years. Web series. Yeah, web series. <laughs> Atlanta, Regina. <laughs> Atlanta, Regina. Awesome. Uh, okay. And if you could have a billboard, where would it be? Anywhere in the world. And what would it say? I don't know. I know people usually say th like really philosophical things, but I think it just might be a straight up fact that p would make people think. So they would Google it. So they would change some shit. Maybe like, what um, kind of fact? What do you, what do you mean? Something like, uh, uh, the average North American checks their phone X amount of times. That's this number of hours wasted. You want it to be a rapper. That's why you're not a rapper. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag. That's not why you're a rapper. Like that's I, why you're not a rapper. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Just to maybe it might just be too harsh of a truth, but yeah, I guess just like a factual data point. That's just a hard truth. And then connecting that to an idea that like, oh, maybe that's why 
Hashtag that's why you're not a rapper. Like, yeah, maybe that's why you're a shitty artist because like all you want to do is eat pizza and watch Netflix. <laughs> and that's been this episode of Plus the Press Creatives. <laughs> Uh, is this, that is gonna, too- this is gonna be the episode where I was like, it's going good until like I don't know what the fuck you and Marv were. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Do you want something more positive? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's totally. This is who we are. I think like that's what I wanted to be on this is raw, above anything else. Okay. Some of them are gonna be sadder than others, and this one's definitely gonna be one of the sadder ones. And what's another one? Oh, dude, a good one would be <laughs> multitasking isn't real. <laughs> As somebody's on their phone driving, taking like a picture of it. <laughs> it's like you think you're getting so much done. You think you're like texting your friends and studying and writing a song at the same time. Yeah. Well, you just wrote a shitty song. You're failing your class and you're not having a real relationship. Truth. Oh man, this got so dark. Man, this is, yeah, I told you, this is why we burnt. <laughs> we burnt. <laughs> Anyways, this is Less Depressed Creatives. Uh, you should definitely do one with Savannah yeah. for the lighter note. Oh, yeah. The lighter no, no, half. No. The lighter half. The lighter half of Samurai Champs. Yeah. Okay, what do you want to plug here, by the way? Um, Well, I am in a boy band. It's not an actual boy band, but if you like OVO or Selection or Drake, we're just SamuraiChamps.com or Samurai Champs, wherever music or media can be found these days and we're actually not savans a very much nicer of a person than me so if you dm us we'll he's a much respond. more diplomatic one that's for yeah sure. he's 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 the diplomatic one and as much as marv says all this shit he's still just a teddy bear and wants the world to be a better place just doesn't come off across that way yeah all the time if, if you if anyone listening has watched the latest avengers you What's are. the guy's name? Thorax? You're Thorax? What, what's his name? Thanos! <laughs> That's like Thorax? Who the fuck is that? Okay, yeah. what, about, what about you are Thanos? You want the world to be a better place, but you're just using this stupid fucking gauntlet? Man, I guess... Can you even include that because that's a spoiler? Shit, have you seen it? Yes, oh. I have now. Thank God. No, we didn't say anything. Yeah, just edit, just edit that whole part out. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, you are Thanos. <laughs> what else is there yeah. to plug? Uh, yeah. Um, show with Denise. I guess that's the next thing coming up, huh? Oh yeah. If anybody is in Saskatoon in July, the last Saturday of July, um, July twenty eighth. We're playing with Denise Valle. She just played at Jazz Fest at Amigos. And that'll be like an actual good show. I swear, she's like the girl Daniel Caesar of Saskatchewan. <laughs> she's the actual Daniel Caesar of <laughs> like Saskatchewan. She, no, she's the female Daniel Caesar of Saskatchewan. You're the male Daniel Caesar of Saskatchewan. If Daniel Caesar has like a, a girl clone, she would, Denise would be the equivalent of that girl clone, I guess. She's very good. Yeah. It's going to be a good show. She's good. If you want yeah. to find details, it'll be on trifectaYQR.com. Yeah. Yeah. For anything trifecta related, trifectaYQR. That's, uh, is there anything else? Anything 
Anything else? Um, nope. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, this has been Less Press Creatives. Uh, I'm the host, Josh. You can find me at 12Avilla. 12Evilla. I guess it's the first time I've actually plugged my handle. What's your, yeah, what's your Instagram? Oh, my personal your Instagram? Pre- or, like, yeah, what's your your handle thing? So oh. people can, like, hate message you about how depressing this has been. Oh, okay. If you want to mail me hate mail, <laughs> my handle is MervXXGotti. Um, it's basically just an Instagram full of disposable pictures. Uh, yeah, so until next time, guys. I swear the next one will not be this sad. Or maybe it will be. I don't know. You're just going to have to tune in and find out. <laughs> Bye. Bye.